A hand clap of praise. Stand to your feet. Let's turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28. It's the most exciting part of his service for me as a pastor. I get to uh, share the word of the Lord with you, and we get to sit together and learn. It's amazing, but oftentimes I stand up here, and God just drops things into my spirit, and I'm learning with you. It's just an amazing time. So this is what the Holy Spirit does. And so it's a time that God really wants to impart some uh, wisdom, some knowledge, some life into us today. So I want you to turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28. Start reading in verse number 11. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28. Start reading in verse 11. I'm only going to read a couple of verses as we kick off this uh, message for today. I'm going to start in verse number 11. And it reads this way. Now while they were going, behold, some of the guards came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, Tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews even until this day. Pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this time that we have. Now, Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us. Father, into revelation that will, Father, uh, turn into transformation for all of us. And Father, and it will go beyond us, Lord, to a broken world. For you have fashioned us, called us to be a people that are reaching others, sharing the good news of the gospel, seeing lives transformed. You're the God that transformed lives. And Lord God, and we pray today that something will be deposited into our spirits today that will help us, Father, to be more efficient, to be more wise, to be more prepared for that moment when you call us to preach life. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. A few weeks ago, we kicked off our series, Scandal. And uh, today is our last installment of our series, and this has been, uh, really for me, a wonderful series because um, it, is our, it was our Easter series and we kicked this off right around the uh, Easter season. And so we just kind of explore the events that led up to uh, Jesus' uh, death and ultimate resurrection, which we will focus on today. So during the series, we exposed some of the various scandals, and that's why we entitled this series Scandal. Some of the various scandals and lies and deceptions that was unjustly brought upon Jesus. And so we have been exploring those things. And so today we're going to conclude this particular series and we're going to talk about the body and the resurrection. The body and the resurrection. Now, normally, and it's sort of traditional for me, that I oftentimes... Uh, mention around this time of year that there's always a great suspicion about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You don't have to go far. You can probably turn to just about any channel that around about this season, there's always some skeptic, somebody out there to want to bring 
some doubt or cast some shadow upon whether or not Jesus Christ really rose again from the dead. And so I want you to understand, though, these questions about Jesus rising from the dead, they didn't just start with our generation. I want you to understand that from the very beginning, that from the very beginning, literally, Right after Jesus rose again from the dead, there was a plot, there was a scheme, if you will, a scandal to try to discredit and say that what had in actuality happened did not really happen. And so there's been this lie, and we're going to expose it today, that's been perpetuated, that started way back when Jesus first got up out of the grave And I believe that the enemy, Satan, knows, and that's why I believe that he works overtime to try to do everything he can to minimize or discredit the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I want us to understand that when it comes to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is no thing within Christianity that is more important, nothing, than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the enemy knows this, and sometimes I fear that we Christians, that we, even though we have one time of the year and we really recognize it, but, 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 you know, we really need to be preaching resurrection all the time. It needs to be a part of our discourse when it relates to our proclamation of the gospel. Because it is so explicably important that we realize and understand that, that, that when it comes to the resurrection, that is the very thing that, that distinguishes Christianity from everything else. Because without the resurrection, without the resurrection, then one is left to say, well, Jesus simply died. But how many know this story didn't end there and our gospel message is incomplete unless we share the totality of that particular event? And so, Let's kind of explore. I'm going to jump right into it today for the sake of time. So let's just kind of talk about some of the events that led to the resurrection and some of the controversy about Jesus' body. Believe it or not, Jesus, obviously, he rose again from the dead. We all know that because we read our Bible, uh, Bibles. But there was some controversy concerning his body and what actually happened. So we're going to talk about that today. But let's kind of do a kind of a brief recap on how we got here today. So we understand that throughout the Gospels and throughout Jesus' ministry, that he had been communicating to the disciples that he was going to die. He says the Son of Man will be betrayed. He said that. He said the Son of Man will be betrayed. He will be delivered into the, the scribes and the Pharisees. He would, he would go to the, to the cross and he would die. And on the third day, he would rise again. Now, this was a message that Jesus had communicated Throughout the disciples' ministry, we believe that when he was, Jesus was uh, his ministry, we believe his ministry was about three years when Jesus formally started his ministry. So he had been communicating, if you will, prophesying, saying to them, listen, here's what's going to happen to me. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die, but I'm going to get back up. Oddly, that when that happened, even the disciples, somehow it did not fully register with them. So we'll, we'll come back to that in a moment. And so we talked about all these various scandalous activities. Like one, we all understood that, understand that Judas agreed to betray Jesus to the religious leaders for 30 pieces of silver. We talked about how the Judas had an agenda. 
And Judas's agenda was working, his agenda really, he was working uh, behind the scenes, if you will, secretly to turn Jesus over to the authority. He had a, a whole nother agenda. So we all know about Judas and how he betrayed Jesus. We talked about Jesus and how he was arrested basically without a warrant. He was basically taken at night. Some people just basically just decided they didn't like him. They wanted him. So then they arrest him. And then after the arrest, they try to find probable cause, i.e. liars, that will testify to somehow make a case against Jesus. Now, I've been in law enforcement for some 27 years. And it's customary that if you're going to bring a charge, you first have to have what we call probable cause. They didn't really have any legal probable cause. They just came and they arrested Jesus at night. And then they put on this, I call kangaroo court, where they begin to drag out these people that would try to lie, uh, misquote Jesus, take him out of context, all in an effort because they wanted to kill him. Ultimately, because Jesus' ministry was so powerful. He was making an impact. I mean, people were being healed. Crowds were following him. His ministry was just taken off. And those Pharisees, those leaders, instead of joining the train and, and just really just, just, get, just, just getting into what Jesus was doing, they decided to posture themselves in a way to preserve their own place. And so... These Pharisees, elders, religious leaders, whatever you want to call them, they just concocted this, this trial and put together this bogus trial and they, they, they brought Jesus and they, they ultimately, uh, they, they, they killed him. Now, I always put an asterisk by that statement because, because we already talked about how that in the sovereignty of God, they didn't really kill Jesus. God nailed Jesus to the cross. Now, we talked about the fact that God did that because how I many you know, isn't it good to know that you serve a God that can take what your enemies mean for evil and God can flip it for your good? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Isn't that amazing how God does that? So in their mind, they're thinking, we're going to kill him. We're going to get rid of him. And God, all the while, was using them to fulfill his agenda. Now, this is the power of God. Like Paul said, oh, how unsearchable are his ways. His ways are beyond finding out. This is amazing, but this is what God does. So here God takes the evil that they are doing, plotting against Jesus, because in their mind they want, they want to silence him. How I many know you can't silence the power of God? Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? When God gets ready to move, you can't stop him. You can't silence him. You just have to take it. <laughs> And so they, they, they make this, they make this, this feeble attempt. And so, so ultimately we understand that Jesus died, but Jesus died really at the hands of the Pharisees who meant it for evil. But, 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 but it was God's plan to bring redemption unto us. Jesus sentenced to die, he died. And then after he died, or right at the point in time when he died, the elders went out of their way to make sure that Jesus' body wasn't stolen or taken, as they would say, because they had knew the claims that Jesus made. So I want you to just, I'm going to look at Matthew chapter 27, verse 62 to 66. We may have it there on the screen, but, but just kind of follow along. So, so listen to this. So on the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, all right, and they said, sir, we remember while he was still alive. They remembered. They knew, they knew what was coming down the pike. How that deceiver, here's what they said, 
said that after three days I would rise. See, the word had even gotten back to them and it is spread. Therefore, command that the tomb be made secure until the third day. Lest his disciples come by night. Look at this church. Steal him away. Say to the people, he was risen from the dead. So the last deception is what they call it, will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have a guard, go your way and make it as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. So whether or not Pilate authorized a Roman guard or whether it was the temple guard, we don't know 100 percent. But what we do know is that they were very conscientious of the fact that Jesus had said and had communicated that he was going to rise again from the dead. So watch this. So they go out of their way not only to make sure that tomb is secure, but they want, they set guards. And we believe the scripture seemed to indicate that there were other guards that came with the one guard because they wanted to make sure that there was no way that his body was going to be taken. And that, and in fact, at the only way that his body would be taken out of that grave would have to be by supernatural means. There's no other way. What's going to happen? And, and so they said, you go make it secure and you best believe they were on it because for them, this is everything. They had to shut Jesus down. So they want to make sure that no stone were left unturned. And they set a guard there to guard that thing and make sure that, man, no matter what, that nobody's going to take this body. We got this on lockdown. Hmm. But what happened? So here we read, In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus gets up from the grave, just like he says. But let's kind of, let's kind of look at this as we talk, as we kind of build up to this thing called, we call resurrection. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 8. Um, if you can turn there, if you will. It says, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week uh, began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and Mary came to see the tomb. Watch this. And there was a great earthquake. Oh, glory. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came, watch this church, and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. And watch this. Here's what the angel looked like. His countenance was like lightning. His clothing is white as snow. Now, which begs the question, what were the guards doing during this time? What what, what were the guards? I mean, because, you know, what was their job, right? Their God, their job was to guard the tomb. Make sure there's nothing. What were they doing? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's right here in verse 4. And the guards shook. You know, it's, it's kind of like whenever you read the Bible, every time somebody in the Bible generally see an angel, one of the first things they say, fear not. You know why they say fear not? Because it's unlike anything you've ever seen. So here they say, the guards shook for fear of him. Watch, they shook. Watch, they became like dead men. Now, we don't know if they passed out, fainted, whatever, but we know, they, we know this. They were, they were mesmerized. They were on lockdown. It was like they were... I mean, this was something that they had never seen before. Whatever this was, they they were frozen in time. Couldn't move. But the angels answered and said to the women, get this, watch this now, to the women, this is how you know the, the Holy Ghost was all in this, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. See, no matter what people try to do, even today, people want to try to keep Jesus in the grave. How many know you can't keep Jesus in the grave? Because he's out of the grave. So it doesn't matter what you try. It doesn't matter what man's plans are. It doesn't matter how they want to try to discredit Jesus. Jesus is alive. He's up out of the grave, and he's coming back. And watch this, church. None going to stop him. 
Is anybody about glad about that today? Said in verse number six, he is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. Watch this. And so quickly tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead. Indeed, he is going before you in Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I've told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and with great joy. Now, so you would think now, watch this. So here, his, his, so, so what, what happened? So with the, with the, uh, the guards, where did they go? <laughs> Look at this. And we read this at the beginning. So it says here in verse number, in chapter 28, same chapter, says, uh, they went back. In verse number 11, ran back, told the chief priest, I'm paraphrasing here, and when they assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave him a large sum of money saying, tell them his disciples came and stole him away as he slept. Wow, wait a minute. This is amazing. So the guards, they are, no doubt, they see what's happening and they can't do nothing about it. I mean, they are, they're like, you, you can imagine like they ran back and said, let me tell you, I seen something I've never seen before. I mean, these big, I can't even explain it, but I couldn't do a thing about it. Now, you would think, now, I'm just thinking, I don't know, but if I, I'm thinking if I were there and, and if I was really like against Jesus and, and, and really had questioned some of the things you said, but when these people come back and they start telling me about these supernatural kind of stuff that is like not natural, that how many of you might how many of you think you might want to listen to hold up? Maybe maybe we need to rethink this whole thing about Jesus. I mean, I mean, he said he was going to get up, and now something something happened, and and this supernatural thing happened, and and, and they rolled away the stone, and Jesus. He, he rose from the dead. He's not there. You would think that they would maybe say, you know, you know we got to rethink this whole thing. We got to relitigate this. We were wrong. You would think, right? They would fall down on their knees and say, Lord, forgive me for I've sinned. No, oh, they ain't what they do. You know what they do? They said they thought about it. The Bible said that they consulted together. They got together. They said, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We can't let this happen. How many know sometimes... <laughs> That when you really want what you want so badly, if you're not careful, truth don't really matter. This is kind of like, I don't know if I even go here, but it's the best example I got. It's kind of like our politics, for example. You know, you ever argue with people with politics, and, and, you know, and, 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 and one of the things you see is it's really not about truth. When people are really dug in in their political, it, it ain't got nothing to do with truth. How many know truth should have no color? It should have no social, economic, none of Truth is truth. And Christians should always stick with the what? Wherever the truth leads. I'm, but, 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 you know, when you really want what you want so badly, it don't even matter what truth don't matter no more. And, 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 this, and this is, this is kind of like where, where the elders were at this particular moment. Truth didn't matter. It didn't matter the fact that, man, do y'all understand what we're telling y'all? What we just saw? And you still, and, and they said, look, we're going to give you some money. We're going to pay you. Here's what I want you to do. Just make up a story. Make up a story. Here's what I want you to do. Wait, and I don't know if I was a guard. I, 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 if I was one of those guards, I saw that, I'd been like, I would like, I would like to think I'd been like, dude, take your money. Hey, do that. But I just saw, bro. <laughs> I don't even want to hear nothing you got to say. I, I'm just saying. But they, 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 they say, look, do it. 
Here's what you do. I want you to, to go back, take some money. We're going to pay you a large, it, even, it doesn't even say how much money. It just said a large sum of money. Gave him a large sum of money. He said, now, take the money and, and just go back and tell them and, and tell everybody else that somebody stole the body and y'all fell asleep. Now, I'm going to cover you because I know y'all will sleep. Y'all are supposed to be, you know, supposed to be dealt with. So I'm going to even, I'm going to make sure you're covered. Nobody hurt you. If you get back to the governor's ear, I got your back. But look, look here, here, go, go tell the story. Interesting, the scripture says that this lie is perpetuated even to this day. And how many know it's still happening today? Still happening today. The people are still trying to say, did Jesus really get up from that grave? I mean, really? And it seems like the further along we get in time, the more questions seems to, to come up. Now, no surprise like I said before, this happened right at the beginning. There was a lie that was perpetuated, and it's a lie that is still perpetuated even until this day. Because the enemy knows that if Jesus would have, now hear me, are you still listening? Say amen. See, if Jesus would have just died, then you could easily say he was just like a common man. Because everybody what? The death ratio is one per person. We're all going to get there. Am I right about it? Unless Jesus come back. Right? We're all going to get there. So, so had it been left there, it would have been as though Jesus just was, just, he just died, and, and the questions would be there. Now, now understand something. I'm going to come back to that thought here in a second. So the disciples now, who have spent all this time with Jesus, we have very good reason to believe that they were chicken. <laughs> that they were scared. Because even though Jesus had hinted to them, told them what was going to happen for whatever reason. I don't really know. They didn't hear it. You know how sometimes, you know, you, something, I can say something, but you just, you hear what you want to hear, I guess. That's probably the best way I, I can put it. So the disciples now find themselves in a situation where, where, where they're coward. I mean, Peter, who is the number one disciple, we believe, because he ultimately was the leader of the apostles, but, but we know he denied Jesus, and we talk about that but we really don't talk about the fact that, 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 that all of them, in their very own way, they all denied Jesus, really. They all denied him. They all forsook him. They fled, right? And so we see here that, that Jesus himself, Jesus Christ, rose from the dead. The disciples, and there's doubt, no doubt that they were around and they would just kind of stand on a low Low profile because they were afraid. They, they didn't want to come out, they, you know, because they were doubting. They had no confidence. So if Jesus just would have left it there, they, they would have been like, the doubt would have been, I don't know. I don't know if, if I really want to die for this. I mean, I saw the miracles. I saw what Jesus did. That was, that was great. But I don't know if I really, because he, he said he was going to come back. But, but Father, I know he's dead. I don't know. And so how do you know Jesus had to reveal himself to his disciples? And, and it says here, and, and let, me, let me look at this. Um, so Jesus revealed himself to the disciples. In John chapter 20, verse 19 to 22, this is one of the verses that talks about it, one of the Gospels. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came stood in their midst, he said to them, look at this, peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands, his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, 
peace to you as the Father has sent me. Now, watch this, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. He said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So can you imagine now that this is now, now the disciples, I can imagine their confidence is starting to build because, hey, he got us from the grave. Y'all understand? And I want you to see how important this resurrection thing is because Jesus had to reveal himself. He had to show his disciples. And how many know that they were the ones that carried on this message? When they got filled with the Holy Ghost, they preached Christ and the resurrection. Because the gospel is incomplete, hear me, if you don't speak in terms of resurrection. So if you just say Jesus died, and he did die for our sins, but how many know the story doesn't end there, but he got up? Everybody say he got up. So, for example, Peter, when they preached, right? So, so the disciples now, because, so part of their... Part of their DNA, whatever they preach about uh, Jesus Christ, they always talked about the resurrection. And in fact, uh, 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 Paul, if you read the book of Acts, I mean, they were jumping all over Paul. Paul said, man, they want to kill me. They want to arrest me because I'm just preaching about Jesus, a man who died and a man who got up from the grave. They want to kill me. That was his whole message. Acts chapter 10, verse number 38. And how and this is this is Peter talking and how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. And watch this. And with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem whom they killed by hanging him on the tree. Watch this. Not just dying for our sins, but him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly. So the message of the gospel must always be mixed with resurrection because it it closes the deal. In fact, Paul even said it this way. So if you want biblical text proof, watch what Paul says. Paul said, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 and 4. I don't think you have that verse. I want you to turn there. Somebody turn there. Turn turn in your Bibles. For those who got your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. See, we understand that the disciples, they needed this. This, The resurrection, man, that that was the thing that gave them the boldness. It gave them the confidence to do what they needed to do. Because outside of that, it would always have been that that, that seed of doubt had Jesus not revealed himself. Here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. He says, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you. So Paul said, look, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to declare to you. The gospel by which I preach. This is the message right here. Plain and simple. Which you also you received in which you stand. He said, now you receive this and this is what you stand by. This is how you stand in your faith. You, your, your whole faith, your whole faith is, is founded on this truth right here is what the apostle Paul is saying. He said, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you which also you received and in which you stand, by which you also, watch this, are saved if you hold fast the word which I preach to you unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that watch this, here's the message, that Christ died for our sins, check, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, check, and watch this, and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. You see that? So everything, so everything now is centered on this, 
this concept of, re- of resurrection. Paul said, so here's the whole message of the gospel right here, man. The whole message of the gospel is that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried and that he rose again. We need to have all those elements working together. And so then, so then what Paul does in, 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 in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul goes through this great exhortation because there were some folks in the Corinthian church that were casting shadows of doubt about whether or not Christ really rose again from the dead or if they even rise again from the dead. So they were doubting the whole concept of the resurrection. And Paul, being the man who he was and understanding this whole thing, Paul said, wait a minute, I got to give these people some, I got to let them know how important this is. And so Paul goes through great lengths to share and to show how important the resurrection is. See, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 13 through 18, he says this. This is Paul talking to the Corinthians, but, but I want us to personalize it because I believe he's communicating this to us here today. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen, obviously. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, we are found false witnesses of God. So listen to what Paul's saying. Paul said, look, if Christ didn't rise from the dead, folks, he says, your preaching is empty. Now, Christ died. We know he died. Paul ain't talking about the fact he died. He said, if, if, if Christ didn't rise, everybody say rise. See, it was, it's, see, Christianity is about the resurrection. If Christ didn't rise, right, he says, our preaching is empty. The efforts, the, the communicating, the sharing of faith, my uh, preaching and, and, and in trying to encourage you to share your faith, all of that, he said, it's empty, nothing. If Christ didn't get up from that grave, it means nothing. He said, we are all false witnesses of God. We are liars. He said, our faith is futile. In other words, our faith is, is empty. And Paul even goes on to make a, fur, a further radical statement. Look, listen to this. He said, if Christ didn't rise again from the dead, we are still in our sins. Wow. That wasn't the fact that he died. How many know he rose? So let, let me let me let me let me let me give you this analogy. So I've I had an opportunity to close on a couple of houses in my lifetime. I brought two houses. Uh, one of those places I live in today. So no matter what, when it comes to buying a house, you always have to do this thing we call closing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You can have the house you want it. You can sit and talk with the real estate agents, with the the buyers and the sellers. They can communicate and, and say. What their, you know, what their, uh, you know, what their um, parameters are, and uh, you can you can sit there, you can have a, a verbal agreement on 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 what you want to, uh, how much you want to sell the house for, and all parties can be in agreement and everything can look good. But how many know that until you sit down and you go to closing, you don't get no keys, right? You don't get the keys until you go to closing. How many know? That the resurrection is the same way. See, the resurrection is the closer. See, it, it, it closes the door. The, see, the resurrection, see, see, everything Jesus has set up to that point, it, it was powerful, it was wonderful, it was good, but it was incomplete. But what the resurrection did, it, 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 it gave some power to everything Jesus said. It closed the deal, and like Jesus says, now I give you the keys. Well, Jesus obviously was speaking ahead of time, but how does he give us the keys? Because he overcame death, hell, and the grave. He got up. 
And so watch this. And so, so the resurrection, it, it, it closes the deal. So when you're talking about Jesus Christ, when you're talking about the gospel, come on out, brother. It, it's not just about uh, uh, the fact that Jesus died. No, no. Let me tell you, let me tell you what gets people, let me tell you what gets people a, a, a little bit, um, hmm, uh, kind of taken back a little bit uh, is, is when you start saying that he got up from the grave. We start talking about resurrection. Now, how many guys did you know about got up from the grave? Um, Buddha, where is he? Confucius, where is he? Uh, Muhammad, where is he? I'm asking you a question. Where, where he, see, Jesus got, see, that is the thing. That, 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 that. So when I speak, we can be just like the disciples. We can walk and share our faith with a whole lot of boldness. Because how many know that Jesus got up from the grave? And, and, and the fact that he got up now, I'm, I don't care what anybody say. How many know Christians ought to be the boldest people? Man, we ought to, we ought to be speaking loud and proud. Because the resurrection, it, it, it closes the deal. Uh, it's the image of victory over death. It's the proof that our sins have been forgiven. Not just that Jesus died, but the proof that our sins have been forgiven is the fact that he got up out of that grave. It's the validation of our life in Jesus. It's the completion of his work. It's, it, it, our faith consumes all other faith. It lifts Christianity above all religions. The resurrection. The disciples needed to see it. They saw it. Jesus revealed himself. So the disciples, they went and they preached resurrection. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Apostle Paul, all, right after, they all preach resurrection. And how many know that we need to preach resurrection? Because that is the thing that, that, that we can hang our head on, that we can tell people. When people look you square in the face and say, why do I, why should... Y'all listen to me say amen. I want everybody looking. Come on, stand to your feet. Everybody stand to your feet for a moment. I, I just want, I, I want you to get this. I, I really want you to get this. I don't want nobody to fall asleep. I, I, I know how the devil is. Watch. So when somebody looked you in the face, because some of you, you come to church on a regular basis. I mean, you love Jesus. You're always showing up in church. And, and, if, if, and if you're consistent in your walk with God, at some point, if people are noticing your life, they're going to say to you, particularly if you ever even whisper to them, you should come to church or you should serve my God. When they look at you and they say to you, why should I believe your God? I mean, you got your way. I got my way. All roads lead to heaven. Y'all ever heard that? You got your way. I got. So what's the difference? I mean. Well, did you communicate? Well, Jesus died for me. I said, yeah, 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 but, you know, so, I mean, you know. But, what is that? Everybody dies. Why should I invest my money, my time? Why should I get up at 8 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, come here, set up church, do all this stuff, why should I do all of that? What's my reason? Why should, I, why should I get in my car, spend my hard-earned dollars, gas money, to drive to church? Why should I tithe 10% of my income and greater? Why? Here's what you tell them. Because of the resurrection. 
because Jesus got up out of the grave. And last time I checked, whatever God you trusting in, he ain't alive. I mean, though the stone was rolled away, Jesus got up. It's a historical fact. So you know the truth. So they've been saying this stuff. And, and, and so you're hearing all these people trying to convince you to doubt Jesus. And they're trying to say that the Christianity should be silent. Christian, they, Christians, Christians should be the last people who are silent. Oh, come on. I mean, really? I mean, brother, we, sister, we have it. Jesus got us the victory. And he said, not only back to heroes again from the dead. He said, what? We're going to rise again from the dead, too. And he's the first fruits, the scripture says. Jesus is the proof that all who follow me are going to come after me. So I know you're spending a whole lot of money on that body you got, but you're going to get a new temple. Look at the neighbor and say, no, don't do that. You're going to get a new temple. Uh, this is a serious moment. But I want you to understand that there, there, there's power. And so when we talk about resurrection, I don't want us to talk about it in, in light terms. I don't want us to talk about it every year around Easter. We just, oh yeah, he rose again. And, and, and we just say it, but we don't understand the significance and the weight behind it. Because what that does is it sets us apart. And so when you preach Jesus, you got to preach resurrection. Because that is the thing that, 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 that you will leave them dumbfounded. The only thing they can say is, well, how do you know? Well, how do you know that George Washington was the first president of the United States. What, who was there? Was anybody in this room there? I ask you a question. Answer me. When George Washington was the first president, did anybody see George Washington? How do you know that George Washington is the first president of the United States? That they said it. Because somebody recorded it. It's a historical fact. The same principle you use to historically check anything else, you do the same thing with Christ. How many know that Christ's death, burial, his resurrection, his being on earth, it's a historical fact. It's been written, and, and, and it doesn't matter if men try to discredit it, it is written, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. This is the truth. Don't cower. Be bold. Be loving. But be bold because we got the victory in Jesus. Every head is bowed.